Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. Welcome back to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today, I'm going to bring on Fox Sports producer Conrad Company to help me guide a conversation about the recent news that the G League is going to pursue a professional path for elite high school basketball players. And then we're going to jump into an early look at the NBA draft. We're obviously seven months away, but I just recently put out a a top 15 draft prospects, and I want to dive into that a little. Before we get to that conversation, I want to make sure that you are subscribed and supporting the Sidelines podcast. And the best way to do that is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button for me. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Those things are extremely helpful. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is at Evan Daniels. Would love to know what you think about the conversation. It's time to go. Man, man. With Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now I want to bring on Fox Sports producer Conrad Company and a friend of mine and a a friend of the podcast to help guide this conversation about the G League and and then get into some of the who I think are the best draft prospects for next year. Conrad, what's up, man? How are things? Evan, how's it going, my man? How's everything been? Life is good. Life is good. And in Nashville for a couple days and uh, gearing up for the college season, it's crazy. We're a little less than two weeks away from the start of the college season. I'll actually be at the Champions Classic when Kentucky and Duke go head-to-head, and it should be a fun event. Fantastic. Well, I know we're going to get really entrenched in this whole conversation about college athletes or where kids even want to go to college anymore, or they're just going to go straight to the G League. So you just want to jump right into this then? Yeah, let's do it. Overall, what are your thoughts? I mean, kids out of high school being offered $125,000 contracts to go straight to the G League, where you take all college off. Do you think this is good for college athletics, and how do you think players are going to react to this? I'll be honest, Conrad. I don't think it really moves the needle. I don't think the the number is high enough. If the G League came out and said $500,000, I think that people would take it a little more seriously. But $125,000 for elite high school basketball players, in my opinion, I don't think that reward is worth the risk. And there is certainly a big risk if you're a potential top five, top 10 draft pick to, to make that type of move. You're going to play against grown men. You're going to play against guys that are fighting for their livelihoods, fighting for roster spots. And I'm sure people will, will point to, you know, there's plenty of guys that have gone straight to the NBA out of high school before the rules changed. But those guys were getting guaranteed contracts as first round draft picks. This is going into the G League, exposing yourself to the entire league, to the entire NBA, uh, in my opinion, is is a, a pretty big risk. Yeah, and we know how everyone is going to react to this, and we're already starting to see the backlash of it. People are throwing out the names like generational talents like LeBron, Kobe, Kevin Garnett, saying, well, they did it. Why can't these kids? Can you explain why this logic is basically flawed for today's game? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it speaks to exactly what I just said about you know, one, LeBron and Kobe, those are generational type talents. There's going to be a guy or two like that come around ever so often. And, and obviously those type of players could walk into the G League and, and have success right away. Uh, but even if you look at last year's draft where DeAndre Ayton went number one, that year in college for him was extremely beneficial. 
he took major steps forward, not only in his game, but with his approach, with his body. He'd never lifted a weight before. That one year of college was, was crucial for him. I just think if you're an elite high school basketball player and you're going to start in the G League, I think it's a risk for the reasons I just said. But then also, you know, in college, you, you have won the stage playing in sold-out arenas, you're playing against top-level schools, you're getting TV exposure, uh, or you're flying at, at the big schools, you know, you're chartering jets, it's, the travel is way different, and with the G League, you're, you're throwing an 18-year-old out on the road, and, and they're traveling late at night, traveling early in the morning, it's not, the, the G League's not nearly as glamorous as the NBA life. Obviously, eventually, they're going to open it up where kids can go straight to the NBA, and I think that's the best option. For one, if you're going to take that type of risk, and a lot of those guys will want to guarantee that they're going in the first round, then they can get a guaranteed contract of a first round guaranteed contract of a couple years. That gives them stability. That gives a team reason to invest in that player. And I think that's one of the other issues here is, you know, if you sign with a G League team out of high school, you make the $125,000, you go right back into the draft pool that next year, Conrad. That team doesn't have a reason to invest in you. Keep in mind, those teams are, they have coaches that are trying to win. And they're going to play the, not necessarily the, always the best prospect, but the guy that's going to be the most productive player for that team. And that team doesn't have reason to fully invest. So that's my take on it. Yeah, no, definitely. So do you personally believe that this rule can directly affect the outcome of young players' careers prematurely? I mean, kids just don't have the time to develop like they would in college if they were just to pass it up and go straight to the G League. Well, I mean, I think that there's still going to be basketball development. Obviously, G Leagues have facilities. They, they have coaches. They have trainers. It's just different than what you're going to see in college. It's, I think every scenario is different, and I don't think the G League is for everybody. It's certainly not for kids lacking in weight or lacking in strength or that can't handle that physical nature and physical style of basketball. That's not going to be good for a 17, 18-year-old coming out of high school. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's certain cases where it certainly could affect the development. So let's look at the opposite side of it, too. We know that this could be good or bad for some student-athletes. Is this going to really hurt the college game is what I'm wondering. Well, ultimately, I think there's only going to be a few guys that jump out at this. Conrad, I think it will be such a select few that I don't know, just like I don't think that number of 125,000 moves the needle with elite players. I don't think the amount of players that would go down this road is going to move the needle, at least at this point. I think it's, as I mentioned, too big of a risk for the elite top tier type players. If you're a top five prospect or projected as a top five prospect or a top 10 prospect, I think you're probably still headed to college. Are there going to be some scenarios where a kid might have academic struggles and or amateur issues? like Emmanuel Moutier, who was battling some academic issues. I could see and foresee players like that looking more down this road than the normal top five, top ten prospect. Okay, but the other big question, too, is these kids are going to be allowed to sign endorsement deals if they take this one-year G League move. We see the impact now of what shoe companies and endorsement deals have had on college athletics. Do you think that'll be a huge player as far as if you're a top three, top five recruit, shoe company calls you, that changes your mind completely. Instead of going to college, you just say, you know what, I'm going to take the money and go pro. I definitely think that that's the curveball here. I'll say that as a 17, 18-year-old, there's very few guys that are worthy of that type of endorsement at that time. 
you know, one of the things that college does and it helps build a bigger brand for a basketball player. You could look at Trey Young over the course of his season really was able to build his name from a high school star to much bigger than that. The guy that you'd look to that just came out of high school and starting his freshman season at Duke this year that would have a, a massive brand would be Zion Williamson. He's got over a million and a half followers on Instagram. He has a big brand, but I think in some of these cases is, you know, these are little known players to that point. I think the thing that caught me off guard was this week when Darius Baisley signed a million-dollar guaranteed deal with New Balance. I don't think that's a regular thing. I think that scenario is out of the ordinary. That said, I do think that shoe companies could, if offering enough money to go with that $125,000 contract, throw a wrench in this whole thing for sure. Well, as of right now, seven of the top 10 recruits in the nation for 2019 are not committed. The G League already came out and said they will not pursue those players who are committed, but they will accept high-level prospects who choose to decommit from their respective schools. How much do you believe in that? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if a kid wants to go to the G League, they'll just go. I'm not sure that them being committed or not committed plays into it. I think that's a separate process, Conrad. If a kid makes up his mind and decides that he wants to be a professional, then he'll do it and, and not worry about the college route. It all makes sense. Well, let's look at it from the business side of basketball then. So I know you've talked to multiple agents, assistant GMs. What are agents saying about this? I've talked to a couple agents about it, and I, I think the overwhelming thought was it's not a great idea to throw a player of that age that's an elite prospect into that environment. And while you know Darius Baisley wasn't even considered necessarily an elite prospect, I usually – term that for the top 10 or so players this is a kid that was ranked top 15 to 25 in most of the recruiting rankings his representation didn't think that he should play in the G League he came out and said he was going to skip college to go straight to the G League he signs with Rich Paul and all of a sudden he's no longer thinking about playing in the G League he decides to sit out instead so I think it's clear from the, the agent side that it's not something they want their clients doing I asked one agent friend about this process, and I, I said, would you ever advise a client of yours coming out of high school to go straight to the G League? And he said, never. I don't think that's something that agents are necessarily going to be advising their clients unless they can go out and get a million or $2 million shoe deal or endorsement deal to go with it. In terms of front offices, I actually had a pretty lengthy conversation with a, a high-ranking executive at a team in the NBA, and he was actually for the G League option, and, and he says, and we went back and forth on it, and I brought up the, you know, you could really hurt your stock going into the G League and, and barely playing or not playing or, or not playing well, and his thought process was, well, us as scouts are going to be able to see that talent and know going in that he's not going to get a ton of playing time and, and he may not look good in that setting. Uh, I would argue against that, and, and obviously that was just one front office executive, but, you know, he made some good points about just a guy being able to be in a professional environment and the NBA is going to lend an extra hand to those type of players and, and help give them the resources they need. There's certainly different ways to look at it. I think from a front office standpoint too, you have to think that when a, a player makes that move, he goes to one team. That team now has all the information on that player that's now in the G League from high school. Currently, Conrad, every NBA team is scouting and evaluating and gathering intel and information on freshman basketball players across the country. If that kid goes straight to the G League, you really put a limit on what you can gather on that one player. Uh, that one team is going to know a lot about him, 
But the other 29 teams in the league aren't going to have that type of access to him, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely does, yeah. So just to transition a little bit, let's take a look at the 2019 NBA draft. I know it's a long ways away, but we're a couple weeks away from the college season, so now is the perfect time to jump in and start discussing this. In the 2019 class, who is the best prospect, and do you believe the new plan with the G League would benefit him? The best prospect in the 2019 draft is, in my opinion, R.J. Barrett, a freshman at Duke. I like the physical gifts. He's 6'6", good length, pretty good athlete, very aggressive. I think he's a tremendous scorer. Uh, This is a kid, Conrad, that's really improved his shooting ability over the past, I don't know, six to eight months. It was really considered a weakness when he was in high school. But when I was watching Duke practice uh, a week and a half ago, He's looks so much more comfortable shooting the ball. I think he's going to have a good year from a shooting standpoint. But this is a kid that can score the ball in so many ways. Very good size for that position, obviously. Uh, And he brings it on both ends. It's a kid that can really defend. He slides his feet well. He brings effort. He brings energy. So uh, obviously he's a he's a really talented kid, and, and and that the G League stuff won't affect him. He's already in college, but I think he's the the odds on favorite to be the number one pick in next year's draft. So R.J. Barrett's the number one guy. Is there anybody else that's pushing him for that top spot that you think by the end of the season they might have a legit look at getting that the number one overall pick over R.J. Barrett? I'll say this: I went with R.J. Barrett number one pretty convincingly, but as you know. We're seven months away from the draft. That's a long time. So a lot can happen and a lot can change. The, the guys right after him on my list are North Carolina's Nazir Little. I thought he closed out his high school career as well as anyone in the country. Took home MVP honors at the McDonald's game. Really improved his perimeter game. Really improved his ball skills. Just improved across the board. And this is a guy at 6'6 with massive wingspan and good athleticism that just brings effort and energy to the table had him number two overall on the big board and then Cameron Reddish I had number three I actually think he's the most naturally talented and physically gifted freshman heading to college this season six eight long arms very good athlete fluid Uh, and this is a kid that can really shoot the basketball Uh, I think he's going to be Duke's best shooter this season Uh, and at six eight when you can stroke the ball the way he can Uh, It's pretty impressive. And after Cam, another Duke player. So I have three of the top four players on my big board are Duke players. But number four is Zion Williamson. And this is a kid at at, at six foot six is just a tremendous athlete. Conrad, he he measured a 45 inch max vertical, which is a Duke record. I mean, we're, we're talking freakish athletic ability. And the knocks on him, Conrad, during high school were he was out of shape. He struggled handling with his offhand and wasn't a very good shooter. He's taken care of the conditioning part. He's gotten his body in shape. He looks chiseled. He looks fit. And I was pretty impressed with the way he played in the scrimmage I watched. I thought he did as well of a job as I've seen him from a rebounding standpoint. Now, the, the, the shot is still a ways away. But he's just a unique prospect, probably the most unique prospect I've ever scouted. Yeah, no doubt. It also sounds like the North Carolina-Duke rivalry is going to be something to watch this year as well. I'm sure all the NBA scouts are going to be there. Is there anyone else that you think that could jump into that top tier, though, to make it to fill out that kind of uh, five through seven range? Yeah, I think the guy I'd probably point to is Darius Garland. And the reason is I think he's the best point guard prospect in this draft. This is a freshman over at Vanderbilt, six foot three, wiry frame. His body in high school was always very thin. He's starting to mature physically and fill out. He's added 10 pounds to his frame. I watched him at Vanderbilt's Pro Day recently. Over 20 NBA scouts were there. And this kid, I think, has a different gear 
from a speed standpoint than the other point guard prospects in this class. He, he changes his speeds extremely well. He can get into the paint, finish with either hand with runners. I think he has quite a bit of potential as a shooter. He's a pesky on-the-ball defender when motivated. I just think this kid has some upside. And, you know, he's number seven currently. That's where I have him on my prospect rankings, but being the first point guard taken. So obviously there might be a team up there that wants to draft a point guard. So I could see him moving up that list. What about Romeo Langford going to Indiana this year? Where do you see him? I know there's been a lot of talk and he's almost, I mean, he is a legend in Indiana. I know that in high school basketball. <laughs> what do you think his impact is going to be, and where do you think he's going to fall in the draft? No, oh, He is a legend in Indiana. There's no question about that. I think he's a potential top 10 pick. I had him number six on these rankings, and this is a kid at 6'6", has a 6'11 wingspan. He's a tremendous athlete and a really talented and gifted scorer put up massive numbers at New Albany and out on the AAU circuit. But I think this kid could also move up into that top five, too. Physical tools are obviously there. He's a really gifted scorer, as I mentioned. I think he's he's primed for a big season at, at Indiana. So he's certainly a guy we'll be paying close attention to. Now, I know that you've been on top of a lot of kids, like the Donovan Mitchells, the Trey Youngs. You've had him on the podcast. If you had to pick one player that people don't see coming to be just an absolute stud to go into college and their their draft stock could shoot up is there anyone in mind that you think that could be this next season yeah I'm actually going to go off the the board a little here and and not even say a freshman because I still don't think a lot of people know about this kid he's going to be a sophomore at Murray State and I have him among the top 15 prospects heading in to the college season for the for next year's NBA draft his name is Ja Morant at Murray State He's six foot three in shoes, has a six seven wingspan, and was recently measured with a forty two inch vertical. He had a big time season at Murray last year, as a freshman was all OVC, and they also had the best player in the league last year in Jonathan Starks. But this kid averaged over twelve points, over six assists, and six rebounds a game as a freshman. And get this, Conrad, he came out of nowhere. I actually never heard of him in high school. Surprising it's, coming from you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's honestly kind of crazy. But this is a kid with tremendous athletic ability, obviously, with that vertical. But he's quick. He's wiry. He gets into the paint. He could finish around the rim. But he can also create and distribute for others. I think the, the weakness right now is, is long-range shooting. Shot around a 30% clip from three. His pocket and his release look fine, although it's a tad low, but it's a little bit of a set shot, and uh, I think that's the next step in his development. But just 19 years old, turned 19 in mid-August. He'll go into the draft in June as a 19-year-old, or or assuming he goes into the draft, but I think that's probably the sleeper. Now, I know we haven't talked about any big guys. I mean, there's none, obviously, in your top seven that's going to play the center position. I know, like last year, like a Mo Bamba, people were very interested in They look at his size, his dynamic, what he could provide. How do you feel about Bull Bull? Well, I think with Bull Bull is he's so big, man. 7'3". There's obviously link there, too. But the thing about Bull is you would expect me to say that he's this awesome rim protector, and he can protect the rim some. But I think where he's most impressive to me is offensively. This is a kid that shot over 40% from three in the Nike EYBL his final season. He has tremendous hands, really nice touch, can pass out of the post. He's a, certainly an intriguing prospect, and he, he's a guy I have number five overall on that list. So he's obviously a good prospect, and I'm curious to see how he plays this coming season at, uh, at Oregon. Yeah, no doubt. The last thing that we're going to touch on right here is, what is the international crop looking like for next year's draft? I know everybody was completely enamored by Luka Doncic, and obviously he's showing out in the NBA right now for the Mavs. 
Is there anyone going into the 2019 draft that you think could have maybe a similar impact to him coming from overseas? Well, definitely not to that level. I think Luka Doncic is a, a special talent. On this big board that I put out over on 24-7 Sports, I did have one international player on that list. Number 15 overall was Sekou Dumboya. Uh, and this is a kid that I've had an opportunity to evaluate at, at multiple events and very impressed with uh, his physical makeup and the combination of ball skills to go with it. So he's certainly an intriguing prospect from that end. I think he's a versatile defender, a pretty good rebounder, and he's obviously very young too. So that's a name to keep an eye on. You know, I've seen Luka Samanich on, on some draft boards. I don't think that he's ready for that level yet, but he's certainly a good prospect, but I, I don't think he's ready to be a first-round draft pick. But I, there's going to be some others pop up here too. It's still very early. We're seven months away from the draft and a long ways to go, Conrad, honestly. So I've really enjoyed this conversation and chatting a little bit about the G League and the NBA draft. So I appreciate you coming on and helping guide it. Anytime, Evan. I appreciate you. This is Aaron Rodgers. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Cobb. Touchdown. Unbelievable. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. And you're listening to the sidelines with Evan Daniels. I'd like to once again thank Conrad Company for jumping on the podcast with me and talking a little G League and NBA draft. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to the Sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. The best way to do that is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button for me. Leave a rating. Leave a review. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. The handles are at Evan Daniels. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.